Well, hello, and welcome to Phoenix Talk Radio. This is your weekly dose of news and reviews about what's going on in the art scene around California's Central Valley. Now, my name's Andrew Burkham. I'm your host, and unfortunately today, my co-host, Rob Hypes, was unable to join me here in the studio. So it's going to be a little bit shorter episode today, but... I did want to make sure we got all of the news and all of the information out there about everything that's going on right now around the Central Valley because there is a lot of stuff going on, and I didn't want to give anything at all kind of a short shrift. So here we go. Now, we'll be doing things a little bit differently this week. If you're with me here on the live feed, and nobody is right now, but if you're here with me on the live feed, then... You, I'm, I'm testing out some, some new software, testing out a new kind of streaming setup, and so hopefully this will work a little bit better than what we've had in the past weeks. If you do get a chance to join me, uh, make sure you join me in chat and let me know how everything looks and how everything sounds. I'm hoping, again, that it will go a little bit better than it has the past couple of weeks. Later on in the episode, I'm going to have an interview with James Snyder, who is the director of Rocky Horror Picture Show at Showbiz Theater in Stockton, California. I've been talking about that production a lot over the last few weeks, and so we're finally going to get a chance to just sit down with him and talk about exactly what's going on, get some more information on that production, and really get the scoop on Rocky Horror. So I am looking forward to that. But first, before we get a chance to do that, let's take our trip around the valley. Now, the first thing that I've got on my list here is War of the Worlds. Uh, This is the War of the Worlds. It's happening at the Denaire Gaslight Theater. It is October 18th through 20th, October 25th through 27th. This is a radio play version of the War of the Worlds. This is the classic script that kind of caused a panic around the world uh, back in the day. I have personally done this, not necessarily this particular script, but I have personally done an adaptation of War of the Worlds, or the original script of War of the Worlds, and let me tell you, it is a lot of fun. It's going to be a great experience. It's going to be a great performance. I really look forward to hearing what's going on with this. So as you can see, performances are going to begin at 7 p.m., And on Thursday, October 18th, they're also going to have a student preview. So again, the dates are October 18th. It ends up on the 27th. General admission is $10. That student preview is going to be $5 per ticket. So if you get a chance, definitely get out and see that one because it's going to be outstanding. The next thing that's going on is going to be the Popovich comedy pet theater and this is coming to uh, prospect theater project here in modesto it's october 19th at seven o'clock p.m it says the most beloved family show in the world is coming to the heart of downtown modesto all the way from las vegas join us for a fun time with the whole family and enjoy intelligent dogs and cats all rescued while they show off their acting skills alongside some talented humans which i can only assume means that uh popovich must be a ferengi uh, based on based on that spelling of the word. This sounds like a great time. It's basically exactly what it says. It is comedy that involves live animals, and it's something that we've 
not really seen here in the Valley to my knowledge. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I am looking forward to it. It is happening Friday, October 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. at Prospect Theater Project in downtown Modesto. If you're interested in buying tickets, uh, you can call 1-800-838-3006 or you can visit uh, Brown Pit. Sorry, you can visit brownpapertickets.com slash event slash 362-6362. That's the Popovich Comedy Pet Theater coming to Prospect Theater Project on October 19th. Staying at PTP, we also have the PTP Radio Cavalcade players that are doing their Halloween show on October 27th. This is going to be another classic. So the doors open at 7 p.m., show starts at 8 p.m. The blurb from the website says, Haven't been to a Radio Cavalcade show yet? You're in for a treat as you become the live studio audience back in time during the golden age of radio. Live Foley artists and live musical stylings, actors taking on multiple roles during a broadcast, and more. Just $5 gets you in the door of this audience favorite. This is a lot of fun. Just like the War of the Worlds that I talked about at the top of the broadcast today, this is another opportunity to see some live radio theater. You really get to get the feeling of being that live studio audience back in the 30s and 40s when you sit down at one of the PTP Radio Cavalcade player shows. It is awesome. So, And for $5, I mean, you cannot beat that. It's really uh, the best price on one of the best shows in town. This time around, we're going to feature Mercury Theater's The Hitchhiker and also Best Plays, Arsenic, and Old Lace. So a couple of classics there. Do not miss this. Get out and see it. For ticket information, you can visit the website for Prospect Theater Project at prospecttheaterproject.org. You can also call the box office at 209-549-9341. That's the PTP Radio Cavalcade Players Halloween show coming up October 27th at 7 p.m. Uh, sorry, it's 8 p.m. The doors open at 7 p.m. Next up is Little Shop of Horrors. This is a show that opened this last weekend at Playhouse Merced. Uh, it runs through October 31st, so it runs right through Halloween, and this is the perfect Halloween show. If you haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors, once again, like we said a couple weeks ago, what's the matter with you? Get out and see this show. It is outstanding. And although I haven't seen this particular production, I can guarantee you, based on the names of the people that are involved, that this is going to be a top-notch production, and you should get out and have a seat at this one. Uh, if you're interested in more information on Little Shop of Horrors, you can visit the website at playhousemerced.com. Next is, this is a new one for me. Uh, this is Just Like Us, and this is at the Dennis and Cheryl Woods Theater at Fresno State. Now, this one goes up October 26th and runs through November 3rd, and I just got the information today from the director, Gina Sandy Diaz. Uh, this is based on Helen Thorpe's best-selling book, and the website says, This documentary-style play follows four Latina teenage girls in Denver, two of whom are documented and two are not, through young adulthood. Their close-knit friendships begin to unravel when immigration status dictates the girls' opportunities or lack thereof. When a political firestorm arises, each girl's future becomes increasingly complicated. Just Like Us poses difficult yet essential questions about what makes us American. A Fresno premiere. This sounds like a really interesting show. I love to see, I love to see original works like this and new works like this uh, that are coming to the Valley. 
I love to see things like this come to venues like the the Dennis and Cheryl Woods Theater at Fresno State. I think that this is going to be outstanding. I do hope to get more information for you as we get a little closer to the performance date. So I'm going to try and tie in with the director and the production staff and see what else we can find out. If you're interested right now in getting more details on this, you can go to the to the website. It's facebook.com slash Fresno State C-A-H. And once again, uh, this is Just Like Us. That's $17 general admission, $15 for faculty, staff, alumni, seniors, military, $10 for all students. The, in, the number to call for information is 559-278-2216. The website is fresnostate.edu slash theater arts. So that's just like us. Sounds like it's going to be a great, just a great production. Next up. Auditions for Titus Andronicus. This is Titus Andronicus, of course, by William Shakespeare. This particular version was adapted and will be directed by Karen Heidelbach. If you've listened to the show at all, you know that we are huge fans of Karen Heidelbach and that she's just one of our favorite people. Had a great interview with her around her production of Pride and Prejudice that just closed at, uh, at Merced College. And this is going to be another great one. This is actually a co-production by Merced Shakespeare Fest and Merced College Theater Arts Department. So you will not be disappointed if you get out to see this one. And if you are an actor or interested in becoming one, you definitely should get out to auditions for this one. It's not a show that goes up in in the Shakespeare canon very frequently, so it's definitely one that you should get to if you can. Uh, All roles are open. They are asking that you please present a one-minute classical monologue And also on the day of auditions, there will be cold readings from the script. Uh, This happens Saturday, October 20th, 2018, and that'll be 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So that's auditions for Titus Andronicus and Merced College Theater Arts Department in uh, conjunction with Merced Shakespeare Fest. Next up, kind of going around the the horn at what's going on in the MAC, Uh, First is the Indie Film Academy, hosted by Violet Films. This is a really interesting opportunity. This is coming from uh, Christopher Velasquez, who is one of the premier, he's one of the premier independent filmmakers here in the Central Valley and out of the Merced area. Uh, The website says, The Film Academy will be a nine-day film course, with the final day being a screening for family, friends, and the public of the MAC. All classes will be at the MAC in downtown Merced. The class is designed to teach students how to make a short film from script to screen. As a unit, the class will work on producing a short film that they will screen for family, friends, and the public on the final day, November 10th. Class will cover everything from script to screen and give students hands-on training, interactive lessons, and industry secrets and the knowledge they need to not only make their own short films, but how to make a career in the filmmaking industry. So this sounds like another great opportunity here in the Central Valley, especially for aspiring filmmakers. If you're interested in signing up for that class, you can email Colton Dennis. His email is director at artsmerced.org, or you can always call 209-388-1090. Speaking of things that are going on at the MAC, uh, this is the Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead celebration, which is ongoing at the MAC right now. I just got a chance to walk through there the other night and see some of the exhibits that are going up, and 
It is incredible. I mean, it has taken over the Mac, and it is beautiful. So if you get a chance to get out and look at those, please do. The, the exhibit runs October 2nd uh, through November 10th. Uh, they also are having a special opening reception of their Dia de los Muertos exhibition. Uh, traditional Dia de los Muertos procession will be walked at sunset from the Mac. When the sun sets, there will be a peaceful memorable, and reflective procession to remember loved ones. Please bring your LED candle for the procession. Feel free to bring a photo of those you would like to celebrate and dress in traditional fare. So that's uh, Dia de los Muertos at the MAC. Coming up soon, reception and exhibit. Sounds great. Next at the MAC, we have Action, Acting for the Camera. This is a -a one-of-a-kind acting for the camera workshop that combines script development and on-screen performance, leaving students with their very own short film. Now, this this class is going to cost $150 for six classes, which are each two hours, which is really a bargain for a training of this caliber, and there will be a six-hour day of filming involved as well. This runs November 27th through 29th, December 4th through 6th. This is 5.30 to 7.30 for each class session. And then there will be filming December 8th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., all at the MAC in downtown Merced. Ages on this are 15 through 20, with younger students allowed by permission of instructors or directors. Uh, For more information, visit www.artsmerced.org, call 209-388-1090, of course, drop by the office on the second floor of the MAC at 645 West Main Street. Uh, That is going to be led by a couple of fellows that I know very well, a couple of partners in the Phoenix Creative Collective, uh, Joe Hypes and Sean Overton, both of whom have a ton of experience both both in front of the screen, behind the camera, uh, in script development. Uh, Sean Overton is an outstanding writer. Joe is a, a very talented director and actor as well with a with a good slate of producing experience as well. So if you are interested in this, definitely check that out at the Mac, artsmerced.org, 209-388-1090. Finally, ending up our trip around the valley, we have our podcast corner. And this week, I have four different podcasts that we're highlighting. These are all podcasts that are from right here from the, the Phoenix Podcast Network. They're podcasts that we produce right here in-house. And so we're excited about these shows, and I hope you'll be excited about them as well. Uh, the first one is the the Two Minute Beer Review, and the Two Minute Beer Review is an affiliate podcast of the Phoenix Podcast Network. Uh, this is my own personal show. This is twice; it happens twice a week. It really once a week. It, I promise you an episode every Monday. That's the way that it works. And what I do every Monday is I sit down, I taste a a new and different craft beer. And I let you know what it tastes like in layman's terms. I don't get into science. I don't get into technicalities. We don't talk yeast strains or fermentation or bacteria or any of that stuff. We really sit down and just talk about, hey, what does this beer taste like? And put words to the way that it tastes. And so it's great. It's two minutes. You can't go wrong with that. It's something quick to listen to, and you should definitely check it out. That's the two-minute beer review that's available on iTunes Stitcher and where you find fine podcasts everywhere else. Now on Wednesday, I typically release what I call a bonus episode of this show. Now I call it a bonus episode because it's not a guarantee every Wednesday that we'll have an episode of the two minute beer review. But the bonus episode is is interesting because typically what we'll do on the Wednesday episode is 
we'll talk about maybe something historical around beer. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about some of the most ancient samples of beer that have been found anywhere in the world. And maybe I'll, we'll get into a, a beer style. We'll talk about what sets a, a stout apart from a porter or those kinds of things. And in over the last few weeks, we've been doing, we did a live tasting for, there was a, an international beer, drink beer day uh, that came up not too long ago. And so we have been cutting the live audio from that into a series of, uh, series of bonus episodes. So check that out because it's, it's a great little show. And again, it's very digestible. It's very short, very brief. So that's the two minute beer review. Next is geeking out a steal this idea podcast. This is with uh, Noel DW Chandler and Andrew S. Berkham. So this is a weekly talk show uh, that we that we produce here on the network. And this is just an opportunity for Noel and myself to sit down with someone who lives in the area who is just an interesting person, someone that we're interested in talking to, somebody that we really want to geek out with. And uh, we call it a Steal This Idea podcast because the idea behind the podcast is we use it kind of as a nonstop brainstorming session. So it's really great, really interesting the people that we have involved are always fascinating guests. You cannot go wrong with this one. It releases on Sunday mornings, and so again, it's it's great for uh, for if you're on the road, if you got to drive someplace, or you know, if you you just you just want to find something interesting about someone else that that lives around you. Uh, that is geeking out a steal this idea podcast. So that comes out Sunday mornings. Next up, we have The Operation, an interactive audio drama. Uh, this is our in-house, uh, the first of our in-house uh, scripted audio dramas. And it is, as I've described it before, w the conception of the show is it's really an escape room for your ears. So if you like puzzles, if you like escape rooms, if you like figuring things out, this is a podcast for you. Again, it's a it's a short show. It does not last very long. But each show is con it contains multiple distinct puzzles. And it's great because not only is it episodic, but if you are able to, if you're able to figure out the puzzles that are involved with the show, I can't tell you what, it's, it's a secret, but I will let you know, you can actually access additional content that people who just listen to the show or people who are unable to solve the puzzles are not able to get. So that's the Operation Podcast. Uh, it's great. The next episode of that should air Saturday uh, October 27th. So typically this is a show that will release the last Saturday of every month. So make sure you put that in your feed. Please subscribe to that uh, because it's a great show and there's been a lot of exciting engagement around that already. Last but certainly not least is the Dueling Disney podcast. And uh, this is another affiliate podcast of ours. This is, it's it stars Alfred Day and Andy Zumberman. And this is really two people who know a lot about Disneyland, right? Not about Disney in general. Sorry, not Disneyland. I'm I'm prejudiced. I'm a Disneyland guy, but they know a ton about Disney. Have a great reverence for the history and kind of all of the the nostalgic things that go with the Disney scene. And they sit down and just have a conversation about one specific aspect of Disney each time they sit down. So. 
It is fascinating. We've heard about their five best and five worst attractions. The most recent episode uh, contains a discussion about the Disney Vacation Club, and that is that is an outstanding podcast. So please give Dueling Disney a listen. Again, you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and wherever else you can find podcasts. They also have a website, DuelingDisney.com. This is one to jump into if you're even marginally a Disney fan. So uh, get out there and, and give a listen to Dueling Disney. Uh, in addition, a couple other things that are going on at Phoenix. Um, of course, we have the uh, Phoenix and Chill that's coming up October 20th. That is an opportunity for you to sit down with the uh, the members of the Phoenix Creative Collective and talk creativity and art and all of the things that go along with that. And uh, then to hear a live reading of a uh, a classic film script. And so that's going to be an outstanding an outstanding opportunity too. And uh, that's something else that you're you're going to want to see. Uh, we also have the the Phoenix Cabaret that is coming up, and I hope to have more information for you on that very, very soon. But that's another another thing that's coming up that we're real excited about. So that is what's going on around California's Central Valley. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, I hope that you'll stay tuned because I have a great interview with James Snyder, uh, the director of Showbiz Theater's Rocky Horror, coming up just next. Uh, if you're joining me here on the live show, and if or if you're watching the, the video recording, again, I, I thank you for joining us here, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Well, thanks for sticking with us. I am here with James Snyder, the director of the Rocky Horror Picture Show at Showbiz Theater up in Stockton, California. James, how are you doing today? Very good. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining me on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, James, first of, first and foremost, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. What's uh, what's going on? What 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 is going on with you and what brings you to the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Well, um, I've uh, been directing for about three years now uh, at a little theater called Showbiz Theater in Stockton. And uh, the Costellos, the owners, came up to me uh, last year when I was actually in it and uh, asked me if I wanted to direct it this year. And, you know, it's it, it's one of those things. It's a it's a bucket list. You got to do it when it comes around. So. Yeah, that's that's really it. So that's awesome. And now you and I talked a little bit uh, about this beforehand. And I understand that uh, you don't necessarily have you don't have a history in the theater that goes all the way back. You're you're uh, you're, you know, not a newcomer, but a, a little bit later, a comer to the stage. What what brought you to the stage in the first place? Well, um, I was uh, playing with a band here in Stockton. And uh, a guy who uh, was doing a show up at Kylie's Dinner Theater had to uh, leave the cast for personal reasons. And he had seen me play with my band and suggested me as a possible replacement to uh, Mike Kylie. And I went and I read for Mike and I got the part. And I never planned on doing it. Wasn't in my scope, but. Once I did it once, I had the bug and have <laughs> been doing it ever since now. <laughs> so that was uh, back in so uh, 2002, I think. All right. So 
Yeah, so st- not not super recent, but I was I was 32 years old before I started. Okay, so yeah, so but you've been doing it for for a long time now. We 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 you know we definitely consider it to be a veteran at this point. If 2002 is when you got started, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just I didn't have that formal training in it, so it's been learn as you go. And, uh, so, and then I started doing acting, but then, uh, in what year was it? 2008, I guess, uh, I got cast in a show at the Stockton civic and then I wasn't at a really small theater. I had one that had kind of some, some of the bells and whistles and got to work crew and things like that. And so really got to understand theater a little bit and even made my love of it even grow, you know? That's awesome. Now you mentioned that you were playing with a band. So outside of the theater, is your is your background primarily in music? Uh, yes. Uh, I actually, um, it odd situation. I I always was in the choir in in high school and in college, and then uh, but had stopped and was living in Vienna, Austria, going to grad school. And um, was offered a, a chance to special guests for a band. Kind of sat, sat around with the guys and sang with them. And they said, hey, come up and sing with us. And I was like, uh, no, no, no. So after a couple months, they finally convinced me. And uh, then uh, the next week, I had like five job offers. And wow. <laughs> joined a band. And uh, <laughs> I've actually been... I go back to Vienna every so often, every you know four or five years for a couple of weeks, and we still play together. And so that was we started in '94. So wow, yeah. So half half of my life I've been playing with the guy, those guys. So yeah, real, real, really fun times. That's incredible, man. So now, and you said you did a lot of of choir and things in high school. Did you go to? Mm-hmm. So are you are you a native from Stockton? Yes, you are. Yeah. So I have to ask you then, where did where did you go to high school in Stockton? I went to tiny little Calvary Baptist High School. Ah, okay. At the end of Swain, <laughs> back when Swain didn't go all the way through, <laughs> and then and then I went to college in Nebraska. So there was no they they, they did two little shows a year there and. One year I did something along with it. I think I was dating a girl that was involved or something like that. And and I did one little thing with it. But it was really, like I said, it really wasn't in my scope at all. I, you know, <laughs> didn't know I could do anything of anything with this. So, you know, so getting back to uh, getting back to the to Rocky Horror and, and what you're doing now. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you came to this and you came it, to a point where, hey, now you're now you're directing Rocky Horror. Uh, what were your first thoughts when they approached you and said, "Hey, this is something we want you we want you to direct"? Like, what was going through your mind at that moment? Uh, I have never directed a musical before. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the first thing that went through my head, and but I had it. It, it just all kind of lined up. Um, a couple months before that, I had been at um, the Stockton Ballet School, where my where my kids take tap and and uh, ballet. Right. And Evelyn, the choreographer for my show, she uh, she was coming in to teach her class, and she said to me, "She goes, when am I going? When are we going to work together again?" And I said, 
I'm not sure if I'm going to audition for any musicals this year. And she goes, no, I mean, when am I going to be your choreographer? <laughs> so this is a three or four weeks before they asked me. <laughs> and it was uh, just kind of when they said that, I just it all kind of just clicked. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe it's the time. And I thought, you know, Rocky is a great kind of cross musical. It's one of those. It's as much a rock concert sometimes as it is a musical. Yeah. And I come from a blues rock background. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, this is a really good fit to do for my first musical. Absolutely. Definitely. Now, talk to me a little bit about about the showbiz theater. I know you and I have talked offline about it a little bit, but give me a little bit of the mm -hmm. history of the theater and like this the space itself because it it sounds really really interesting and and very much unlike anything else we've got in the immediate area at least. Oh yeah, I I I, I love it because it really it it throws me back to when I first started at at uh like at kylie's theater and stuff like that because it's very community you know everybody is all hands in and it's a family affair and things like that so you have that beautiful aspect of the theater community around that but it's got a uh instead of having theater style seating it's got cabaret seating uh, it fits just under a hundred. I'm not sure what the exact number is. Um, and you are right there with the stage. Uh, when I did death trap, I literally had, uh, Sydney strangle cliff about three foot away from a patron. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you know, it, they were getting saliva all over them. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and with Rocky Horror, because it's so interactive, it really fits so well in this area. You know, it's it, it's just a perfect spot for it. And then it's, what's really nice is they have wine and beer, and they have um, specialty drinks usually for every show. Mm -hmm. Um when I did Boeing, Boeing, we did Mai Tais and Moscow Mules for, you know, yeah. airline drinks from the <laughs> mid 60s. Awesome. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that type of stuff. So there's always something like that. So whatever show they do, they go all in on that type of stuff with it. So it's 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 a uh, it's a very different space to work but a wonderful scenario to work in, if that makes sense. Yeah, man. No, it's it sounds super cool, and I'm, I'm so excited to uh, to check it out and to really get to see it firsthand. Uh, now, tell me, when we're talking about Rocky Horror, obviously, that's, that's the show that you're directing right now that's going on up there. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't imagine that there are that many people in, in my audience here that that haven't in, in, in one way or another interacted with, with Rocky Horror. But for those couple that are out there mm -hmm. uh give us the give us the big overview what is rocky horror what is this show that uh that you're putting on right now well it's it started in 1975 richard o'brien the guy that played riffraff out of work actor wrote a a play based on um, his love of science fiction movies and it was in London in the 70s, so you had the whole kind of uh, 
transgender cross-dressing movement at the time Mm -hmm. and he kind of added those two things together and created a rock musical uh was walking along the street actually was going to a gym trying to find a rocky a muscle guy that could sing tenor (laughs) walked past um tim curry and told him about the part and that's history off of the, how that how the show really started. It was just that simple as guys bumping into each other and stuff like that. Well, it went on and it played almost 3,000 shows from 73 all the way to 80 in wow. London. Wow. It was just it's, – it's, it's, BBC has – it's the number one essential British musical. <laughs> yeah, crazy, huh? That well, is then funny. it came – then it came in then it, in 75 it came to LA mm-hmm. and Curry was there with it too and it sold out for 9 months straight. Wow. Every every show that they did in LA sold out. That's when Meatloaf joined the cast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh then it went to Broadway and it bombed <laughs> and it only did 45 shows oh, total. No. I didn't realize that. <laughs> bombed. Then in 75, the movie came out Mm -hmm. and the movie did great in London. They did a a first release in London, L.A., and it did great. And then they put it out to like eight more cities and it didn't do very well at all. And they even canceled a midnight on Halloween showing in New York because it just bombed. Boy. (laughs) So then... But another thing happened later on that year. The Waverly started playing it at midnight. And it is now the longest running continuous movie also. Wow. (laughs) So it started then and it kind of grew. It went from it went from a theater, the Waverly in New York, and then a theater in the next year, a theater in L.A. picked it up and then a theater in San Francisco picked it up. And then, you know, by the 80s, it kind of, I mean, they even did it. I remember they used to do it in Livermore. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it became this cult following. And with that, to interact with it, the people that would go see the movie would all dress up. And then they would uh, throw things at the movie screen, (laughs) popcorn and rice and all this stuff. Uh And, and. A shadow script, a shadow script developed to where the audience would shout things at the movie screen and then the movie would answer them. Right. (laughs) So and it just became this huge cult cult thing when it was all over. In fact, my I was thinking about it. My niece told me that she went not that long ago at it and she's a. Arizona State. So it's still going on on college campuses wow. yeah. also. <laughs> so then so so then we got first two incarnations, the show that's a huge success and not a success in New York. Then the movie goes through its thing where the shadow script happens. Well, then really in the 2000s, you start revivals of the real show again uh-huh. because the the show is the rocky horror show and then the movie is the rocky horror picture show right right and so now again comes the rocky horror show again mm-hmm. 
And but what they do is they add in all the great stuff from both of the other two versions. Ah, yes. So we still have we we do the real show like they did in L.A. and London. But then all the shadow stuff that they developed for the movie is also added inside. Wow. And I always say this, you know, this, our, our show is rated R, <laughs> so it's not for everybody. And but it's not maybe it's not for grandma unless grandma's really cool. Right, right. You know, <laughs> you know? but, um, uh, you know, it is a little dirty. But if the uh, if the audience uh, does their job right with a shadow script, it is just, you know. It's filthy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, but so, like I said, it is not for everybody, but it is, I mean, it is so interactive as a theater goer. If you've never gone to it, it's, it's like nothing you've ever been involved with because you and the audience really are a part of it. Yeah. And even if you don't know anything about the show, really, mm-hmm. you still can be a big, huge part of it because there's some very simple call outs that they'll teach you at the beginning of the show that you say all the time. Right. That's one level. Then the second level, they've got goodie bags and that's got all the props you would need yeah. where you toss in the air and the squirt gun that you squirt the actors with and all that stuff. Awesome, man. So tell me, so what's what's kept this thing alive this long? Do you think? I mean, is it is it this level of interactivity uh, that has really kept it kept it breathing for so many years, or or what do, what do you think it is that made it into that that cult classic that it is? I really think it's it's the interactiveness. It's the interactiveness. Um, both i think the reason actors want to be in it is because of the interactiveness and i think the reason the audience wants to be there is because of the interactiveness you know one of the things one of the things uh that last year there's a classic call out line about uh the doctor after he says i i uh i happen to know a great deal about a lot of zings and but somebody shouted out online do you have do you know you look like meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of do look a little bit like oh, me. Oh no! <laughs> and the entire cast was like, "Oh, oh ooh. <laughs> you know." And then you still got to go on with your lines. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's thoroughly, you know, maybe people, maybe comics that handle hecklers kind of understand right. that go back that that thing back and forth. You know, I, I was my character. Also, I did the narrator part, and so I you start out. Uh, I like if I may, and the audience right away, you may not, <laughs> right back to you. So if you got to get yourself prepared for that as an actor, like, and you know, if for no other show had I ever done that before. So then, then you'll have those audience members calling out that shadow script, and they just love being a part of it also. Man. That is really cool. Now, would you say that's the that's the biggest challenge of of putting this producing this particular piece is the unexpected nature of that that interactivity? Is that is that kind of your biggest challenge or is there something else that's that's been uh, more of a mountain for you to climb with this script? No, I think that that is one of the, the biggest thing is there's you try to get the actors prepared for it. But until it's coming from different voices and random voices everywhere, 
there's almost no way until you get through opening night. Right. But you get to a point to where you love it. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, totally. I completely it, understand. Because you, you and they are transferring energy. Yeah. Completely back and forth. You and, and the audience. Yeah. That it, in a way that you normally don't do with a show. Hmm. You know, I, so I, I think that, and it, the other thing is, is it's, it's very different in some ways because it's almost like a rock concert. Right. Right. So you're putting kind of that aspect to it too, that, you know, uh, none of my assistant directorships in musicals kind of prepared me for that aspect of it. <laughs> right. If that makes sense. You know, I mean, yeah. There are other shows, no doubt, that, that that do that, but I hadn't been involved with one of those. So that was a very fun aspect of it. Right, right. So tell me, James, what's uh, what's special about your production of Rocky Horror? What's what is it that is going to make people come and see this particular production? Uh, you know, I want my whole audience to get out there and see it. So so tell them what it is that they need to come see at your production. Well, I. I kind of have my concept was going back to the original show and what it truly was. Um, it's really, instead of being a spoof of the seventies, like I think a lot of people do, it's really the show itself is a 1970s spoof of the thirties through the fifties of sci-fi. So I tried to go back and really be as true as I could to that sci-fi so I think that is one aspect. And I think the other aspect is I just I truly have an amazing cast. I, they, they are really, I don't know, just just amazing, amazing actors, I think, is 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 come see the talent. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we went through your cast list last week and you've got a ton of great names uh, that are involved. And so there's no question about about the caliber of your cast. And so I think. You know, based on based on what I've heard, I think that uh, if you're listening right now and you're going to be in the area, I think that this is a show that you need to get out and see. Now, James, tell me uh, if if the audience wants to get more information, if they want to buy tickets, uh, give me the particulars. Uh, what what do we need to do to, to find out more? OK, um, uh, of course, always like us on Facebook, uh, Showbiz Theater. Uh, you can find us on there. Uh, their website, www.showbiztheater.org, Theater R-E. Uh, and the phone number, 209-938-0447. And you can, get, uh, you can go through those last two to get the tickets. Awesome. And dates of the show again? It's October 18th through November 3rd. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, thank you, James. Are any, any parting shots, any, any last things you want to leave us with? Uh, just thank you, man. Thank you for having us on. No, so. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, I really do appreciate it. That's James Snyder uh, with Showbiz Theater and their production of Rocky Horror. It's going to be outstanding. It is coming soon. Uh, check the show notes. I'll make sure that I have links to all of the all of the details that James just gave us to make sure that if, if you want to get tickets, that you can get out and get them, that you can get all the particular details. Uh, but once again, James, thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to not only seeing the show, but to chatting with you more in the future. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Andrew. You have a wonderful day.
Well, that's all for this week, but thanks for joining us again for another Phoenix Talk Radio. Phoenix Talk Radio is a production of the Phoenix Podcast Network. The Phoenix Podcast Network can be found online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for at Podcast Phoenix. You can also send us an email if you'd like by emailing us at phoenixpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. The Phoenix Creative Collective can also be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You're just looking for the Phoenix Creative Collective or Phoenix CC Merced. You can email the Phoenix Creative Collective at phoenixccmerced at gmail.com. Well, we appreciate you joining us on this week's episode. We look forward to talking with you once again on next week's episode. But until then, get out there and make, or at least experience, some art. <laughs>